Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Can't complain. We are officially on the road to WrestleMania 35, the Royal Rumble was this past weekend and then we had Raw on SmackDown we also had TakeOver on uh, Saturday um, lots of plenty of shit to talk about Graham uh, people leaving wanting to leave have, have, have already granted been granted their release uh, some title changes uh, the fallout from the Royal Rumble and of course as we lead up to Wrestlemania and even the Chamber pay-per-view uh, next month uh, real quick let me go to the Rumble stuff right now. Matter of fact, what did you make of, while I, while I look for that, what did you make of the TakeOver show? I saw every match except the, the main event. Um, I thought it was a pretty pretty good card, pretty good show. Um, I think the match of the night was that Ricochet-Johnny uh, Gargano match. I thought that was pretty good. Again, I, I did not see the main event. But what was your overall thoughts on NXT TakeOver Phoenix? I thought it was a great show. I mean, we have yet to see a really, like, below-average TakeOver or anything remotely close to a bad show when it comes to the TakeOver specials. Um, Yeah, overall, I thought it was a very enjoyable event. Every match delivered, obviously, some better than others. I thought Ricochet and Gargano had the match of the night for the NXT North American Championship, but... The main event, you said you didn't see it. I thought it was a good match. Aleister Black, Tommaso Ciampa, NXT Championship match. Um, that was good, too. Not one of the better takeovers in recent memory. If I had to go out of my way to recommend one takeover for you to watch from the last year or so, I would say takeover New Orleans or takeover Brooklyn 4. It was definitely one of the weaker takeovers in recent, you know, in the last year or so, I would say. But even still, I would even call it a better show than the Royal Rumble on Sunday. I thought the Royal Rumble overall was a great show, but I thought TakeOver was a more consistent show, obviously a lot shorter, like half the time, if you can even um, imagine that. But yeah, TakeOver was great and well worth the watch as always. All right. Um, I'm going to do something different with you, Graham. I'm going to play a more devil's advocate with you when it comes to this Royal Rumble. Because I think, you know, on this show, we gotta have a heel and a, a, a baby face. So I'll be the heel tonight. Um, Royal Rumble, I think it was five hours, something like that. Maybe, maybe even more total for the pre-show and everything. Uh, it ran about five hours. Uh, it, it, it had like a WrestleMania time limit where you know when it comes to Mania, it's like seven hours. So the Rumble, you know, in a baseball stadium, Chase Field in Phoenix. You kind of knew that it wasn't going to just be a regular three-hour show. Five hours before we even get into what happened, did you feel the Rumble went on too long? Were you surprised that you know the Royal Rumble has gone on for over five hours? Yeah, no, I was a little disappointed by that, to say the least. There's no real reason for the Rumble to go five hours. I enjoy the Rumble as much as anyone, but 
aside from maybe WrestleMania, which in and of itself can also be argued where the, the WrestleMania should not be running over the course of two fucking days between a Sunday night and a Monday morning. Um, the Rumble, there is no excuse. The show already had too many matches as it was. And every match was good to great for the most part. Um, but still, they should have either paced it better or cut out a match or two to kind of limit it down to only a four-hour show. There's no reason for the Rumble to be a five-hour event going in until almost midnight for those here on the East Coast. So I thought it was a great show, um, but they really should have known going in that you know, to make a match shorter or, or to move more matches to the kickoff show. Because mm-hmm. for a four-hour pay-per-view that has two rumbles that take up half the show as it is, that's two hours right there. They really should have spaced it out better or not had, like, the SmackDown tag title match or even Asuka and Becky Lynch. And both those matches I enjoyed, but there was no real reason for them to happen when you were already running overtime as it was. But overall, I thought it was a very good show. Um. You mentioned, but matter of fact, let me just read the results of what happened. Uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable retained uh, their tag titles on Raw. Nakamura defeated Rusev to become the new U.S. champion. We skipped the SmackDown, and all of a sudden, Nakamura loses to R Truth. Um, Buddy Murphy retained his Cruiserweight Championship. Oscar retained her SmackDown Women's title. The Miz and Shane McMahon are the new. SmackDown Tag Champions Ronda Rousey retained her belt, uh, her Royal Women's title against Sasha Banks. Becky Lynch won the Royal Rumble. Daniel Bryan is still WWE Champion by defeating AJ Styles. And Brock Lesnar is still the Universal Champion, defeating Finn Balor. And Seth Rollins won the Royal Rumble. Um, where do I start? The, the Women's Royal Rumble went on 20 more minutes than the men's. Are you surprised by that? Yeah, I was definitely surprised by that. But by the time the men's rumble started, I can't say I was shocked just because the women's rumble lasted way longer than it needed to. I thought it was the better rumble overall. I thought it was a very well executed match. I thought maybe last year's women's rumble was a bit better. Um, I'd have to really go back and compare them and watch them both back. But um, when it came to the timing of it, like Becky and Charlotte, like I thought the final two or three people in there I thought was great. They dragged it out beyond belief, though. There was no real reason for that whatsoever, to the point where, as a result of that, they had to rush the men's rumble, and that ended up going like 57 minutes. So definitely one of the shorter rumbles in recent years. Mm-hmm. It was a good rumble, but the the women's rumble lasting almost 20 minutes over the men's was... I mean, not to say that the men's rumble should be longer, but I think it was because the women's rumble went way over that the men's rumble had to be cut, which was a shame. Uh, you know, as I said, Becky Lynch won the Royal Rumble. We all kind of, you know, you know, predicted that. Just kind of figure out how she would be in the Rumble. Uh, when she, you know, she had the match against Oscar early in the night. We all kind of figured she would lose. Did not know how in what fashion. And, um... You know, when it came down to it, you know, the Rumble match, it was looking like, oh, Becky may not be in it. Then they did a thing with Lana, got hurt earlier in the night. And then she comes in and, you know, a few things, Graham. This is where I begin my devil's advocate. One, if you knew Becky was going to win the Rumble, one, why even have the the SmackDown uh, match with Asuka? And two, why have her tap out? And then, you know, everybody's saying she's, you know, like a stone cold. She's, she's, a, she's a female stone cold and everything. 
um, you know, when Stone Cold was white hot, I know he tapped out later on because he was a bad guy later, later on. Um, but when you're white hot and you, you, you're you primed to be in the main event spot at, at WrestleMania or the, the assumed main event spot at WrestleMania or going for the belt, I just didn't think it was, you know, you know who am I? But, I, I you know, I, I didn't think it was smart for them to make Becky lose by tapping. If it's a count out, a DQ, uh, she passed out with the with the submission hold, great. But explain to me why they have Becky lose one and two, lose by tapping out. Well, I thought the match itself was great. The fact they had Becky lose, um, I mean, obviously it was what needed to be done in order for her to go on to win the Rumble later on in the night. So I wasn't obviously arguing with that decision. The fact that she tapped out didn't really bother me. I know some people were kind of uneasy at it at first. Like, okay, why would you have her tap out? But then, of course, she went on to win the Rumble. So it doesn't even really matter, like, by Tuesday. Here's how little, how little that affected Becky Lynch. I thought it was a big boost for Asuka to tap out the hottest star in all of WWE right now. But it didn't damage Becky Lynch because she went on to win the Rumble in amazing fashion, despite being her in storyline. Got an amazing reaction for it. I guarantee you not a single person when they left the arena that night was talking about the fact that Becky Lynch tapped to kick off the show. People probably forgot it even happened. Most people probably forgot it even happened earlier on in the event. So um, I saw nothing wrong with it, just considering the aftermath of the loss to Asuka at the start of the show. It was a great match. Asuka wasn't even on SmackDown on Tuesday, which I thought was a problem as well. Um but you were asking why have her tap out? How, why do the match in the first place if you wanted to have Becky Lynch go on to win the Rumble? Well, right. they were probably going for shock value. They wanted to get Becky and Asuka out of the way because they probably were not planning on doing it at any point between now and WrestleMania unless it was at the Rumble. So if they just outright announced Becky Lynch for the Rumble, probably people would have you know, automatically assumed, okay, she's winning the Rumble. There's no uncertainty surrounding the outcome. People probably thought that anyway. My prediction was that Becky Lynch... You know, despite the fact she had a match earlier on in the show against Asuka, was that she would go on to win the Rumble, and she did. I'm far from the only one to have predicted that. Um, but I thought it made for a better moment as opposed to her just being in the match outright. And it made for a cool moment when she replaced Lana. The crowd went nuts. It was a cooler story. So I think that's probably why they did it as opposed to taking the traditional route by having her announce her entry weeks ago and not doing the match with Asuka earlier on in the show. I mean, for me, I, I I think they should not have, you know, the match with uh, Oscar and, and Becky. Uh, I I didn't think it was needed for the Rumble. Any event that you know, with the fact that you were gonna have Becky win the Rumble anyway, I, I you know, um, you do that you, in your mind as a fan. Oh, she's gonna lose that match, but you know, she'll win the Rumble. I just think from a writing standpoint, from a making sense logical standpoint. You don't, you know, Becky's the man. She, she'll, she'll kick your ass, and she's the man, and she's the man. All this hype around the man. But then, like you said, the you know, all the fans who are, are, were behind Becky kind of forgot that she tapped out like three hours ago, but she won the Rumble. So it, it don't matter as long as she won the Rumble. But still, if you're the hottest act in pro wrestling, and you're supposed to be this badass and, 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 and whatnot... Why tap out? I mean, you know that's the point. I don't, I don't understand. Is like just, just make it lose by DQ, you know, a count out or something, a double count out, or, or make it pass out or 
don't even have the match. But I think it was kind of odd just having her tap out. Then it's like she comes out, she wins a rumble, she throws out uh, Charlotte, and everybody forgets that three hours ago, this girl who was supposed to be the man tapped out to Oscar, and then she comes on Raw uh, to 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 approach Ronda Rousey. And Graham, help me out too. How does how does this make sense? Even though we all knew that it was going to be Becky and Ronda at WrestleMania. Now, um, if if you lose to Oscar and you win the Rumble, from a writing standpoint, you would you know you would think, hey, Oscar, Oscar j- just kicked my ass. I won the Rumble. I want to beat her, right? But no, I go to the opposite show to get Ronda Rousey, and I know that that's the big hype, but help me make sense of why if I lose to you, I win the Rumble, but I want to fight the champion on the other show instead of going back at you. Yeah, so like I said, I didn't have a problem with the fact that Lynch tapped out just because, if nothing else, it was to Asuka who's been positioned as not the top female star in SmackDown. Like I said, she wasn't even on SmackDown this week, despite winning at the Royal Rumble. So how little sense does that make? We had Charlotte on the show. We had Becky on the show. We had even Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville in a backstage segment, but no time for Asuka. But getting back to your point, Randy, about um, the fact that she lost to Asuka but still chose to face Ronda Rousey on the next night's Raw, that I do agree with. That does make very little sense. Like They're going to drag this out a little longer. Now, I know that we all knew months ago that Becky and Ronda was very likely the direction they were going in heading into WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, But at the same time, they could have, you know, done some sense of disbelief in terms of like, okay, which champion will she choose? Same thing with Seth Rollins. I think people are coming out of the Rumble. There is a decent chance Rollins could choose Daniel Bryan to face a WrestleMania. They didn't even wait on that either. They waited all of a day to announce that Rollins is facing Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And I'm all for them announcing matches early to start the build, you know, months in advance. I think that's great. But in terms of Becky, she never really once explained, either on Raw or SmackDown, why she's going after Ronda. I mean, obviously her bad blood with Ronda is well established and their, Mm. you know, unfinished business and their history from a few months ago. Um, But in terms of losing to Asuka and then doing nothing to avenge that loss... That should also be kind of eating away at her from a storyline standpoint that she should want to get that win back and reclaim the championship that she never lost at TLC 2018. So hopefully they do do that rematch at some point. Becky does bring up the fact like, hey, you beat me. I want to get my win back. Right. Because, yeah, you're right. The fact that she got her ass kicked by Asuka and is now essentially running away to the other show with her tail in between her legs does not make her look like the most cowardly or the most courageous challenger in the world. It makes her look cowardly. So hopefully that is brought up at some point. Like I said, Asuka was nowhere to be seen on SmackDown this week, oddly enough. So once she inevitably resurfaces, hopefully she takes offense to the fact that Becky chose Ronda and not Asuka. And Asuka should be like, hey, I beat you. Why don't you want to face me at WrestleMania? So maybe we get a match between them at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Because remember, we have two more pay-per-views between now and WrestleMania now. Of course, it would make no sense for Becky to beat Asuka now, between now and WrestleMania, if she's not going to be facing Asuka at WrestleMania. But they could do that to fill some time between now and then, do the rematch. Their first match was great at the Rumble. Maybe they do the second match at Fastlane or at the Chamber, and that's where Becky gets her win back. I don't know, but at the very least, she should acknowledge why she chose Ronda over Asuka coming off the loss to, the loss to Asuka back at the Rumble over the weekend. Yeah, because you know, they, they could have done it where... 
let's say there was no clean finish at the Rumble. They have a rematch. <clears throat> and, and let's say Becky still wins the Rumble later on. Um, they do a rematch at the Chamber or Fast Lane. And, you know, we've seen Becky go on Raw attacking Ronda Rousey, you know, when they had the whole Survivor Series, uh, you know, set up. You can have the rematch at Fast Lane or Chamber or maybe maybe at a SmackDown. And then now Ronda Rousey comes on SmackDown and kind of makes uh, Becky Lynch lose that, that rematch against Asuka. Boom, you tie into there was supposed to fight at Survivor Series, but um, Nia Jax broke uh, Becky Lynch's face. Then Ronda Rousey causes her the SmackDown title match at a chamber or fast lane. Then that, that's the reason why that right there and then she could say, you know what, Ronda Rousey, I choose you for, for WrestleMania for the, for, the, for the Raw Women's title. Bing, bang, boom. You have your story. You built through that way. But maybe they did they did everything so quick, Graham. Like, I mean, I could be wrong. You know, the Rumble winner, do, does, does he or she, or he, you know, you know from more back in the day, did they announce it the following day that I'm going to fight this person or that person right you know, right away. Maybe, maybe not. But I felt like they could have drawn it out just a little bit, you know, a, a little bit more. They got two pay-per-views, I think, before WrestleMania. They had a whole bunch of time. But I guess they wanted to build it up now. And it, it, it's fucking January. WrestleMania ain't till April. You had a whole bunch of time to build this out. Because quite possibly, Graham, this is the main event of WrestleMania. So why not? You know, if that's the route they go to, why not take your time and build this story where, you know, most fans are going to be like, nah, it should be a men's match. It should be Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. I'm not really feeling Becky and and, and, and Ronda being the main event. Some fans out there are saying they should be the main event because of what they've been doing in the ring, storyline-wise, on the mic. And it, it has a bigger, big match feel than a Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins at the moment. So my thing is, why not wait, draw it out, don't rush, everything happens so quick, and now you got three months to kind of build this up, and Ronda don't go on SmackDown, it's Becky always going on Raw, so if he, if, if, if you're going to have Ronda go on SmackDown, kind of build it up, let's do it. Yeah, I could see that happening again, we have two months until WrestleMania, there's plenty of time for them to have Becky be on Raw, Ronda be on SmackDown, build their own stories on their respective shows. Who's to say they won't finish out the feud between Becky and Charlotte at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view or at Fasting? Because obviously they had, they, they had that whole angle on Tuesday right. where Charlotte laid out Becky. Now, again, it's also a very real possibility Charlotte ends up getting added to that match, which is completely unnecessary. It doesn't need to happen. The match is better off without her if that verbal exchange that Becky and Ronda had on Monday's Raw was any indication. Um, but I gotta disagree. I think Ronda and Becky right now feels like a bigger match on paper than Rollins and Lesnar. And it's not only the fact that we haven't seen Becky and Ronda before, whereas we have with Rollins and Lesnar. Rollins and Lesnar, it makes perfect sense from a storyline standpoint. I think Rollins is the perfect guy to take that title off of Brock. He should have been the guy to take the title off of Brock back at SummerSlam. Better late than never. The match should be good. I think Rollins is like a great size for it too, because. He's more believable than like a Finn Balor or even an AJ or, or a Daniel Bryan. But he's also not like a Braun or a Roman Reigns who have, you know, tend have tended to have clunkier matches with a guy like Brock Lesnar. The bigger the opponent, the worse the match the usually is. The, the, the worse the match is usually with Brock Lesnar. 
So because the Braun matches sucked, um, the Roman Reigns matches were largely not that good, um, at least with the exception of the WrestleMania 31 encounter. But I think Rollins and Lesnar is going to be a great match. It's going to be a great feud. But and it has a lot of buzz. I don't think too many people would complain if they closed out the show at WrestleMania 30, uh, 35. But right now, again, I think Ronda and Becky is the match to do in the main event of WrestleMania. It's been built up longer. It has a better story. Brock is champion. has just done nothing for a lot of people. And um, it's a big match on paper. But Ronda and Becky, if there was any year to do a women's main event at WrestleMania, it would be this year while they have Ronda, while Becky's insanely hot, even way hotter than Rollins right now. I think that's the match to do with WrestleMania 35 in the main event. And if they don't do that, I think something is seriously wrong. So help me out. Why, if they choose to insert Charlotte, and I know like <laughs> 99% of fans don't want that um, in this match, give me give me the 1% of why they would or why they should insert Charlotte into that main event between, between Becky and Ronda. Why you think they would do that? Because they feel like they... I don't. I mean, I I really don't know. They feel like Becky can't hold her own against Ronda because we've seen Sasha, Sasha have a one on one with with Ronda. We've seen Charlotte have her one on one with Ronda. We just saw Bailey on a Raw have a one on one with 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 uh, with Ronda. Why not Becky? So why would they want to insert Charlotte in, into the main event? Because maybe it was supposed to be the main event originally, Charlotte and Ronda. But ever since Becky got hurt, they had to switch shit up. Well, you mentioned the matches with Bailey and with Sasha and with Charlotte and the fact that they were all one-on-one, so why not the Becky match? Yeah. None of those matches were the main event of WrestleMania, so it's a little different where Charlotte is uh, an established name. Not to say that Becky's not, but Charlotte, let's face it, and I said this months ago, and I think I was absolutely way off on this. I was, and I said this either here on the show or another <laughs> platform where I didn't think Becky and Ronda would main event WrestleMania. I think you might have asked me that back in November, Randy, or even before that. And I said, no, they would not do Becky and Ronda WrestleMania because mm-hmm. Becky is not nearly as big of a name as Charlotte, which is true. That is true. But Becky is the hotter superstar right now. Now, again, how long is that going to last? Is it going to last for a cup of coffee? Will she be back to being another just another woman on the roster until, you know, like right after WrestleMania? She'll lose all the momentum and the buzz. Or will she maintain this momentum and remain one of the biggest stars in WWE through the remainder of 2019 and beyond? It's anyone's guess. Because the fact that she became this hot in the first place was a miracle, considering that she was just another woman on the roster. Mm -hmm. She was a loser for so many years. And the fact that she turned heel, found her footing, won the championship, and not only stayed over, but got more over... In the months that followed by retaining the title, getting hurt, which ended up being a blessing in disguise for her, um, her Twitter antics, the matches with Charlotte and with Asuka, the matches she had with them were awesome too. Mm -hmm. She's been the saving grace of this division for both Raw and SmackDown since she turned deal back at SummerSlam. Um, At this point, no one is talking about anyone else in WWE as much as they are Becky Lynch. She is the woman to go with in the main event of WrestleMania, even more so than Rousey. Rousey, I know they wanted in that main event slot a year ago when they first brought her in to face Charlotte in the main event of WrestleMania 35. And yeah, that would have been cool. But shit got you know switched up, like you said, Randy, with Becky getting her. They doing the Ronda match, uh, the Ronda-Charlotte match back at Survivor Series, which was great. And you can always revisit that match at some point down the road after WrestleMania. 
But from a storyline standpoint, Becky Lynch and Ronda is the match to do. Now, Charlotte being added, it's not like it's completely illogical. It's not like they're throwing Lana in there or Sasha or Bailey even. It's Charlotte, who still has unfinished business with Ronda from Survivor Series because their match ended on a DQ. Charlotte beat the shit out of her with kendo sticks. Charlotte then was cost the SmackDown Women's Championship by Ronda, Becky too, at the TLC pay-per-view. So again, Charlotte has every much of a gripe to face Ronda as Becky does. But I think, just logically speaking here, if we're going to have our first ever women's main event in WrestleMania history, I think it's got to be one-on-one. That's purely my opinion. I think a lot of other people would agree. But if you want to make history with the women in the main event, Charlotte does not always need to be involved. Someone other than you know Charlotte and Sasha can be involved in a first-time-ever women's match. I feel like every history-making every history women's match that we've had in WWE since 2016 mm-hmm. has either featured Charlotte or Sasha or both. In this case, it wouldn't be either woman, and we don't need either woman in the first-ever women's main event. Charlotte's a big star, but she can have a big match on that card, too, against Asuka in a rematch from last year. Right. That would be a nice little spot for her. And if Charlotte doesn't face Asuka, I don't think Asuka's making the main card because there's no one else that makes as logical of an opponent, that makes as much sense as an opponent for Asuka at WrestleMania than Charlotte. So I would keep it one-on-one. Adding Charlotte wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It's not like they're doing Charlotte in place of Becky. They would just be adding Charlotte to the match. And it would be an amazing match, but it doesn't need to be a triple threat. It can be one-on-one and it sells itself. I don't think adding Charlotte to that match will sell any more tickets for WrestleMania than what's already been sold. So I would stay the course, keep it Becky and Ronda. If their exchange on Monday's Raw was any indication in terms of how people feel about this feud, and have Charlotte do something else at WrestleMania. To me, Graham, I think what makes sense of why they would insert Charlotte is to protect Ronda Rousey. I think if they do a triple threat... Um, they won't have Ronda take the pin. They won't have Ronda tap out. Um, Charlotte would take the fall. Becky would win. I think Becky's, Becky's going to go over. If it is a, Either way, triple threat one-on-one, Becky's going to go over. If it's, a, if it's a triple threat, they can protect Ronda Rousey because we all, you know, we, we saw early in the week that she might be taking a little... Uh, a little break, you know, start a family and, and all that good stuff. So she might be out for for a while. And I think if, if they have if they have Becky pin or tap out Charlotte, she become the champion. You leave that little loophole, like you know what, you won the match, but you 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 never beat me. Yeah, I'm in the match, but you never pinned me. You you did not make me submit. And when I come back down the road, we gonna get on and pop it. You know, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's the reason why they put Charlotte there. If it's one-on-one, Becky's still going to win. That's the most interesting part is how. Um, I, I, I would be shocked if they make Ronda tap out. I I think that would be the wrong thing to do. Um, I'd, rather, I'd rather her just get pinned um, than tap out. So if it's triple threat, is to protect Ronda Rousey where she she does not get pinned, does not get submitted. If it's one on one, they should not have her submit and just take a flat out pin going forward. Well, 
So here's the issue with that. So I do agree with that. It feels a lot like WrestleMania 31 when it was Roman and Brock, but they put Rollins in there in the last minute to you know to ensure that Brock right. didn't get pinned. Right. So you know Brock lost the championship, but his undefeated streak remained intact because mm-hmm. he wasn't pinned. It was Rollins pinning Reigns, and in this part, it would be basically Charlotte, but except Roman Reigns, it's like Roman Reigns with a vagina with uh, with, with <laughs> Becky pinning her instead, and that's fine. And the match would be great, and obviously Charlotte would be added ahead of time and out of the last minute like Rollins was at WrestleMania 31. That being said, um, I understand where you're coming from, Randy, in regards to Ronda not getting submitted uh, and, or pinned or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be the wrong, wrong call because I've said since the moment Ronda showed up in WWE, who can realistically beat Ronda Rousey? Like Nobody. if anyone from the modern current roster, unless they bring in someone else who I can't imagine who else it would be, unless it's fucking Misha Tate from UFC coming in, <laughs> I don't think anyone on the on the current roster, on the active roster, can be the one to beat Ronda Rousey unless there is over and as hot as Becky Lynch is right now. Charlotte, maybe, but I feel like people would react to that so negatively, it wouldn't really benefit anybody. It would hurt Ronda, it would hurt Charlotte. I mean they had fucking Charlotte beat Asuka. And it didn't do much for Charlotte, to be honest. And Asuka, she would have been fine. I mean, again, you don't need the undefeated streak. I think Asuka losing should have made more of an impact. But it was the aftermath that really killed Asuka. They had her lose to Carmella twice in the months that followed. So it wasn't really the fact that she lost the undefeated streak. It was the follow-up being weak that was what killed Asuka for like eight months until she regained the title at TLC about a month or two ago. Um, so that being said, I think this is the time to have Ronda get beat. I don't really think that you have to have her be undefeated moving forward in order for her to remain in traction for WWE. I still think she'll be a big star. She'll still be over, face, seal, tween, or whatever. And especially if the rumors are true that she's taking time off after WrestleMania for whatever reason to you know, um, tend to some injuries, start a family. If it's the start of family, she's going to be out for a lot longer than a few months, let's be honest. So she might be out even for a year. Her contract, irregardless, does not end until 2021. So Rousey's not going anywhere for the next two years. Um, but with Becky Lynch, I feel like she is the best candidate out of anyone on the active roster, including NXT, to beat Ronda Rousey. I would have said Asuka a year ago. She's been kind of damaged. She's still a big star now, not nearly as big of a star and as unstoppable as she was a year ago. Um, but I think Becky Lynch, with the way that she's been built up, I think she can be the one to realistically beat Ronda Rousey. Therefore, I would have no problem with her cleanly beating Ronda Rousey, whether it be by pinfall or submission, at WrestleMania 35. If 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 we never got Nia Jax doing what she did to Becky Lynch, um, where where do you think we're at right now? You know, Royal Rumble. Uh, we we have a Becky. Uh, Ronda match at Survivor Series. Do you think right now we're on the road to Ronda Rousey and Charlotte at WrestleMania? And you tell me if if that's just a, a championship match on the card, or is that a main event match on the card? In the event we never got Becky Lynch and the Nia Jax incident leading up to Survivor Series. 120% it would have been Charlotte and Rousey at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. And I'll tell you why. Now, we I don't have a DeLorean. I can't go back in time and tell you what would have happened if it was, you know, Becky and Ronda as planned at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. I read a report earlier this week from Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter saying that, oh, the original plan for that match at Survivor Series would have been to have 
Um, it'd be a DQ, a lot like it was like it was with Charlotte. I call bullshit on that. I call complete bullshit. Now I know Becky was hot at that time too, but that has not stopped them in the past of having someone get beat clean because that's just what they want to do. It's just you know fucking. We go back a year ago to Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. You know Nakamura getting beat clean on a few different occasions. Like I can't. I can't cite one specific uh, instance where this has happened, but I know this has happened before. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, CM Punk, going back five, six years ago, he was one of the hottest superstars in all of WWE from 2012 to 2013. They didn't give a shit. Rock and Cena was their planned WrestleMania main event, so they went with that. They didn't care if Punk got beat clean by Cena and Rock and Taker, three fucking pay-per-views in a row. They didn't give a shit. They stayed the course. And if Becky didn't get hurt, they would have stayed the fucking course. They would have had Becky get beat clean. By Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series, her momentum and um, you know just overall hotness, I guess is, if that's even a word, would have died down drastically. I think, in my opinion, she may have remained over. She probably still would have been over, but not to the extent that she is right now. Um, I think the injury was the best thing to happen to her. But to be quite honest with you, I think Becky would have been tapped out or pinned at Survivor Series, clean by Ronda Rousey. Charlotte, who was coming off the various losses to Becky at those pay-per-views, um, Evolution, Hell in the Cell, Charlotte was on like doing that whole storyline where she was down on her luck and she needed to bounce back. I think Charlotte would have been the one to win the, the to win the women's rumble, considering especially too she wasn't in last year's women's rumble, so she didn't have the chance to win it. I think Charlotte would have won this year's women's rumble. And then going on to face Rousey at WrestleMania and win the championship. I think that's how exactly it would have gone down. I do not know what it would have become of Becky Lynch. But I do know they would have stayed the course regardless. And they would have had Charlotte and Rousey main event WrestleMania. And maybe people would have reacted favorably to that. We'll never know. I don't think so. I think Becky and Ronda is the better match. If only because it's something different. And it's not what we expected a year ago. If you told people a year ago when Rousey first debuted at WrestleMania 34 in the ring that it was going to be Ronda and Becky in the main event of WrestleMania and not Ronda or Charlotte, Ronda versus Charlotte or Ronda versus Asuka. Yeah. People would have called you crazy. Becky Lynch was on the fucking kickoff show. She might have got tossed up by Nia Jax or whoever the <laughs> hell it was in last year's WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. No one gave a shit about Becky Lynch a year ago. So I think Becky getting over organically the way she has mm-hmm. and the fact that she has them been force-fed down our throats in recent months has really helped the fact that this match at WrestleMania is as must-see as it is. So I think if things didn't play out the way they did, we would be looking at a completely different WrestleMania card right now. And you know what? That <laughs> what you just said is what Ronda Rousey said, you know, the same thing on Raw, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, while I was in in a WrestleMania 34 match on the card, you on you are on the on the fucking kickoff show. Like, you know, I was doing this while you was doing that. I was main eventing UFC, and they changed the sport, you know, uh, around me when you were doing this. And it's like, I mean, she was speaking truth and speaking facts. Um, but I mean, then yeah, that promo on, on Raw on Monday, you know, the, the fans, Grant, the fans just um, <laughs> like I get it, man. They they love they love Becky Lynch. She's a new stone cold for them. Uh, some may be too young to even know the power of stone cold when he was at the microphone, when he was back in the heyday. And I don't know, man. I, I never saw Phoenix as a crowd that could really startle you. And, you know, when Ronda's trying to do the promo, the first one, and then and they barely came out and she was 
trying to get her words. It it, it it reminded me of when Reigns won against Taker and the following night at WrestleMania, he was trying to say words and they kept cutting him off and he just said, it's, it's my yard now and walked off. So she was trying to do that and, and, and couldn't get the word out. Or couldn't get the words out. Um, I mean, not saying she can't cut a promo. I think she, she got way better at the mic, but... A lot of people on Twitter were saying, oh, she got flustered. She got nervous. Oh, she can't cut it. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I mean, to, to, again, to be ap- to play advocate, it's not like Becky Lynch cut the greatest promo either. And I know you, you guys are all for Becky, and I respect that. But at the same time, you act like she cut a Stone Cold King of the Ring 96 promo on, on Ronda Rousey, and Rousey ain't say shit back. So, But she, she was better. The second time going back and forth for her than than the the, the one before Bailey came out, but uh, very interesting to see how that played out and how the fans just kind of like got to Rousey and of course when Becky was talking nobody said shit when of course when Bailey was talking nobody said shit when Ronda Rousey wanted to talk everybody got something to say so I find it very very weird and 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 and, and interesting that that uh, whole thing happened. So my interpretation of the segment was that when Rousey got booed and she was kind of knocked off, thrown off her game by the booze because mm-hmm. she's not used to getting booed in WWE, mm-hmm. that's when she fucked up. The promo was awful. They had to send Bailey out there early to save her ass. But then when Becky came out, not to say that Becky like was the saving grace of the segment, even though you can argue that she was, I think what happened there was that Becky, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if there's any real bad blood between the two. I would guess not. Maybe there is. Maybe the shots they're taking at each other on Twitter are there is some sort of sense of realism to it. The fact I'm even questioning that goes to show how great these two have built up their feud in recent months. Um, But at the end of the day, when it comes to Ronda Rousey, I think when she really embraces the booze, like she did at Monday, on Monday's Raw, at the end of that segment, I think that's where Rousey really shines. Because I think as a babyface, you know, she kind of uses these scripted promos. She's not the greatest promo. Becky Lynch isn't, you know, fucking Rowdy Roddy Piper. No pun intended because I know that he's an idol of Ronda Rousey. But, you know, she's still a lot better than Ronda Rousey on the mic no matter what. Um, night or day, doesn't matter who she's in the ring with. She's a much better promo than Ronda. Ronda's good when she's genuine and when she's shooting from the hip. Not when she's reciting this whole garbage about, like, yep. this and that and using all these big words that we know that she would not actually incorporate into her promos unless it was written for by WWA. Um, So when it comes to Rousey, I think once she embraced the booze on Monday's Raw, that was when she struck gold and did her best promo work, probably since she showed up in WWA. So it was amazing how she went from one of her worst promos to one of her best promos in the matter of minutes just based off the environment and who she was in the ring with and the fact that she seemed legit pissed off. Um, she was really passionate in those you know, few short sentences that she said to Becky. So, again, maybe at some point, if the booze continue, they turn her heel at some point. She can embrace the booze, be yeah. just the complete bitch that we saw her as in the UFC. I mean, I think a lot of people forget she's come off really, really likable during her time in WWE, and she seems like a genuinely great person. But there was a time in UFC that people hated Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Maybe her attitude has changed. I'm not sure that's exactly who she was at the time or in real life or as a character, whatever. There was a lot of people that did not like Ronda Rousey in the UFC because of her promos because she was shit-talking all the time. She was a fucking bitch. Like in every promo that she cut before her fights, 
she was not a nice person. So again, maybe she did that on purpose to make people hate her, even though she's a really likable person in real life. We need that Ronda back in WWE coming out of WrestleMania, even before WrestleMania. I think we saw shades of that Ronda during the promo on Monday with Becky. So it depends on the circumstances, but Ronda can be really, really, really good when she wants to be. All right, so Dean Ambrose um, reportedly is leaving the company after WrestleMania, uh, not liking the the direction of his character, whatever, whatever could be the reason. Apparently, he's leaving the company. As of right now, he's leaving the company after WrestleMania. We saw him on, on Raw on Monday. One-on-one match with Seth, getting a face with Seth and, and Triple H in the promo, um, and then the whole night night Jack stuff. I mean, let let me pause on that real quick. What the fuck was up with Night Jacks in the men's Royal Rumble? I know you're at home watching this shit and you're like, holy shit. Why the fuck is Night Jacks in this match? And can you explain to me uh, was it to be a joke? Was it a rib? Is there a main reason why she's in there? Are they trying to promote intergender wrestling going forward? I'm trying. I'm, I'm at home and I'm like, why is she? Why is she in there? I know we've had China and the Beth Phoenixes of the world in the men's rumble. That's cool, but I think the way they did it was more like a joke. Like I, I couldn't. I couldn't really see it. Can you explain to me why Nia was in the rumble, the men's rumble? Well, they wanted to get people talking. Like you said, this is not the first time they've done something like this. They've had Beth Phoenix in the Rumble, Karma, China 20 years ago. So, And China entered at number 30 in the 1999 Royal Rumble. So maybe it was a nod to her. Maybe she's going to the Hall of Fame this year. I doubt it. That's maybe. just kind of stretching. Maybe. We'll see. Um, Nia Jax is no China. Not, not to compare the two because Nia Jax sucks. But anyway, um, yeah, I think they meant to do it just to get people talking, do something different. The fact they had the men interact with Nia Jax and lay her out with their finishers was very surprising. Coming from the same company that we've not seen men-on-woman violence from in several years, if not longer than that. So I thought that was quite the surprise. It was not my favorite moment. I like seeing Nia Jax get laid out with an RKO. I thought that was cool. The fact she was even in the match, I was not a fan of that. I thought it was a wasted spot. There were a lot of wasted spots in that Royal Rumble. I'm not a fan of doing Nia Jax and fucking Dean Ambrose as a feud of WrestleMania. That's the road they're going down here. What a way for Dean Ambrose to go out, if so. What a dumb waste of him that would be. Um, but, yeah, I think just to get people talking, to get people popping, and maybe just keep them in, engaged in the match because Nia Jax, to me, has just go away. He, I don't hate her. I just I just do not care about her. I'm just not a fan of hers at all. Um but maybe they did that just to get people, you know, still excited about the Rumble because by that point it was almost fucking midnight, and seeing Nia Jax get laid out with an RKO that caused people to get excited. So that's the only real reason I can think of why they did that. Okay, now rewind to Dean Ambrose. Um, shocking to to to, to see that uh, he might be leaving. The rumors are that he that, that he might be leaving. Nothing. I know the company put out uh, Instagram and Twitter posts. So now now Graham. Usually when something like this happens, I find it a little off that they would tweet about it or, you know, Instagram about it months prior to when that person is released. So now when you are officially released, they do the, f- the whole future endeavor, wish you well, all that. But you you are already gone 
from the company. Now, Dean Ambrose is still on the contract uh, until Mania. So I, I found a little weird, ironic. that if, if the rumors are out there from the, the dirt sheets, that's cool. That's one thing. But now when you have the company saying, you know, putting out his, his real name, Jonathan Good, Dean Ambrose, would not renew his contract. So do you think this is one legit two? Do you think this is kind of a work where this is more a storyline base? Because I'm trying to, again, I like it because it puts me in the middle of whether it's real or not. So I, the reason why I don't think it's real all the way because they put it out there by the company on their social media so early because they don't normally do that. Um, so do you think it's legit he's leaving or do you think this, this is some kind of some kind of work storyline going forward? Yeah, I think it's definitely real. I think there's nothing that's, that makes this a work at all. Um, just the fact that they announced it on their website means nothing. Yeah, it's a different means of, you know, announcing that someone's leaving. But this, I, I don't know. Ambrose, they have not done anything with this guy for fucking months. And even before he came back from injury, the guy was not really utilized at the level he should have been utilized at, to be quite fair. He's been just another spoke in the wheel for like two or three years now. So the fact that he would want to leave does not surprise me at all. I think they do a lot of things usually to beat people to the dirt sheets because they can deny it all they want. WWE was asked several questions by the media regarding Dean Ambrose's status. Is he leaving? Blah, blah, blah. They can say no, but once they saw it come out online that Dean Ambrose was leaving or that he wanted to leave, they were just confirming the reports. That's all it is. I know it's not really, you know, it's not um, like them to go out on their website and say, yeah, Dean Ambrose isn't sticking around when he, you know, when his contract expires in April. It's not like them to do that, but they've done some similar stuff before. Like, for example, when Del Rio got fired a few years ago. They were completely out of character as to why he got fired. Like on their own Twitter account, they were like, oh, Del Rio is extremely unprofessional and deserved to get fired. So if you want to blame anyone, don't blame WWE, blame him or something like mm. something completely strange like that. So, again, people thought that was a work. It was completely real. This is no different. It's absolutely real. Ambrose, I would assume, is on his way out. I don't know the guy. I don't know for a fact. He could always change his mind between now and April. But I think... The fact that with the if the report's true that he turned down like a million a year, you know, million dollars a year about each year an offer or whatever it was, that I think he's that serious about leaving that he's fed up with the current creative direction in WWE. Why all of a sudden would they start doing something with Dean Ambrose just because they announced he was leaving? Like it seems very questionable to me. The guy's been on the losing end of a lot of matches recently losing the Intercontinental Championship, looking like a loser in the Rumble, a complete afterthought, losing to Seth Rollins on Monday's Raw. Um, just It would be weird timing just for them to use him to, to tease that he might be leaving. I, I don't mm. believe that for a second. So It's not like they put out the statement after Raw on Monday or you know after Raw on Monday night or during Raw or after the Rumble. The only reason they put it out there was because the dirt sheets had already put it out there that morning. So I'm not saying that WWE going forward will confirm every dirt shoot report if it's true. Like, they're not going to go out of their way to say, yeah, the Revival asked for their release, but we're not going to give it to them. Of course, they're not going to fucking say that. But they're trying to make themselves look like the good guys in all of this. Like, if you read the, the statement they put out on .com saying, like, oh, we wish Dean will come back. We hope Dean can come back at some point down the road. 
whatever they had said exactly in the statement. Mm. They, they obviously are departing on good terms, but Ambrose is at a point where he's making it very clear to the company, I do not want to resign. So you can do whatever the hell you want with me, but I'm not sticking around past WrestleMania. So that says a lot, but my gut feeling is that it's not a work. Otherwise, things would have shaken out a lot differently with Ambrose if he wasn't on his way out of the company. Things would have been a lot different for Ambrose at the Rumble, before the Rumble, and even on Monday's Raw if he was not, uh, if he wasn't, you know, if he wasn't quitting the company. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, I think it's very telling of how. You know things are being put out there. That's that, that's not normally their way, their style. And now with this whole AEW stuff coming coming on board, that they, they they're fearing that people who are not um, in a good place with the company, who are not getting pushed, they're gonna they're gonna leave or not resign their contract. So we we're seeing the rumors about the revival. We're seeing rumors b- before from Dolph Ziggler. We're seeing rumors. Um, about uh, a plethora of people who, oh, I think they might leave, you know, might be leaving, or they're gonna leave. We saw uh, Hideo Itami uh, officially released from there. So, um, I mean, again, even when you really, when you really look at the Rumble, um, there were no like throwback nostalgia entrances in both Rumbles. Every Rumble had the current roster. The current NXT people, aside from Jeff Jarrett on the men's side, um, everybody was on the roster. Everybody was NX, uh, NXT. So they're trying to push these people where it's, uh, you know, again, people that most don't don't even know unless you watch NXT on a weekly basis. You know, someone like me who doesn't, it's like when I see the people, I'm like, oh, okay, she, she got to be from NXT or he got to be from NXT. So I don't know him. And now these, you know, these, these tag teams are being formed, and it's like, you know, you get the the Zach Ryders and the Hawkins out, out of nowhere, and it's like, hey, you know, what's the real deal? Like, are you doing this because you really want to push these people, or you're afraid that they might be the next one to say, hey, I'm not happy here, I want to go, grant me my release, and so I can go somewhere else. So I think this whole dynamic with AEW coming on board, and again. There's no fucking TV deal. There's nothing in stone. All it said was they're gonna start a promotion, and people are fucking panicking out there that they're gonna let the Dean Ambrose and Dolph and Revival and 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 Michael, you know, Canellis and, and these people are gonna leave. But it's like I think it has the company in kind of a, a fucking panic mode. No, definitely, absolutely. Not to be one of those people that always says, oh, all elite wrestling is the reason why they're pushing people, but that's a big reason as to why they're pushing a lot of these people. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, there's there's no reason for... The, the Revival are getting more TV team more TV time now than they ever have since they got you know called up to the main roster. Why is that? Because they asked for their release about a month ago. They clearly don't want to be there. There was a report saying that WWE is going to do everything imaginable to keep these guys locked down to ensure they don't leave when their contracts are up soon. I mean, Neville did the exact same thing before All Elite Wrestling ever became a thing and he eventually joined the promotion, but Neville did the same thing about a year, year and a half ago. He just fucking walked out and he sat out the rest of his contract for the next year before he left in the fall of 2019. He was that determined to not work for WWE anymore because of how unhappy he was there. So when it comes to all these other people, like I think Sasha Banks is another one. 
Andrade, there were reports weeks ago that Andrade wasn't happy in WWE, and all of a sudden they're pushing him. It's no coincidence. They don't want these people to leave. There's a reason why they're signing so many people right now from Ring of Honor, or they're trying to sign so many people. They're going after anyone and everyone with name value, from New Japan to Ring of Honor to Impact, to ensure they don't go to AEW. It's as simple as that. And they have the money to throw around, so it's not a matter of like, oh, do they have any money left to buy this guy? Like, they can buy anyone and however many people they want. But when it comes to Sasha getting more TV time and Andrade getting more TV time and this guy and that guy, it's because they don't want them to be unhappy and leave and quit. So that's pretty sad, but mm. um, none of this is any coincidence. The All Elite Wrestling thing is an absolute... It's, it's a thing. It's absolutely the AEW effect in terms of because of this new company rising, not to say that it's going to be on the level of WWE, but because it's going to be a threat in some form or fashion, they don't want their talent going there. Jericho was, Jericho's already there. Coding the Young Bucks. They wanted those guys. They can't get them. So they're trying to get everyone else to make sure they don't go to AEW. That's just the way that it is. And as a result, it seems like more people want to leave WWE now than ever before. Between the Revival, Mike and Maria Kanellis, reportedly Dolph Ziggler, uh, Ronda Rousey. Not to say that she's going to AEW, but she might be taking time off after WrestleMania. Hideo Itami, now Dean Ambrose. A lot of these people just are not happy in WWE and want out of their contracts. And that is pretty telling considering that WWE is supposed to be the biggest and best wrestling company in the entire world. Yeah, man. Shit is uh, going to get real crazy, real hectic onto WrestleMania. We'll see what happens on who, who who's leaving, who might stay. Um, Brock and Finn Balor. I want to get your thoughts on, on that match. Uh, eight minutes or so uh, for that match. I mean, we all thought Brock was going to win, but apparently he likes to fight these smaller guys like Finn, AJ, um, Daniel Bryan. Uh, I thought I thought it was a pretty good match. Um, Finn held his own and then um, came out on Raw in the following night and said, like, I, I won, uh, you know, Brock lost because I made him believe and you know, whatnot. Brock is on his way to fight Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Seth won the Rumble, and then he gets F5 like five times. So uh, what did you make about Brock and Finn Balor at the Rumble? I thought it was good. I thought it was a fun little match. I never thought for a second Balor had any real chance of beating Brock the same way that other people did. The amount of people that thought Balor would beat Brock blew my mind. It wasn't going to happen. It didn't happen. There was no real shot in hell. It would have been a cool moment, but they've come this far with Brock Lesnar as champion. There was no way in hell they were taking that championship off of him at the Royal Rumble. And if it was going to happen, it's going to be a WrestleMania to Seth Rollins. So I wasn't surprised by the outcome, but as a match, I thought it was good. Uh, way better than likely Lesnar and Strowman would have been had they continued to do that match instead. Um, but for the time given, it was a good match. Balor looked really good in the feet. He, he had a credible showing, wasn't buried by any means. I don't know why he got attacked afterwards by Lesnar. That was a little weird, especially if they do not intend on doing a rematch. So that was bizarre. But um, I enjoyed it. I'm glad Balor looked good in defeat, but now it's a question of where he goes from here. Does he get paired off with Bobby Lashley again mm -hmm. for the Intercontinental Championship? Is that something that people really care about? I would argue no. But we'll <laughs> see come Elimination Chamber if they feud at that pay-per-view or WrestleMania or whatever show might be. Um, Daniel Bryan, AJ, again, I, I really don't know what it is with these AJ matches. Uh, I, I, I'm going to blame this time 
uh, the women's rumble for being, you know, that all the hype around there. And then boom, after that, you have a, you have a championship match, and it's hard to follow that up. But um, Daniel Bryan, AJ, Daniel Bryan wins. We get Rowan, who's not a bludgeon brother no more. He's now sided with Daniel Bryan, makes him win. They, they come out on, on SmackDown while Raw thinking Seth Rollins was going to pick either Brock or, or, or Daniel Bryan. Seth is going to pick uh, Brock. Then we see Daniel Bryan on SmackDown with Rowan uh, with a new championship belt. And I and now we're going to get a six-man elimination chamber match at the chamber between Daniel Bryan. Hold on. Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, uh, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, Mustafa Ali, and who, and who am I forgetting? Um... Come on, help me out, Graham. Daniel Bryan, it, Orton. Yeah, Daniel Bryan, Orton, Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe. Um, Ali, uh, Mustafa Ali. No, not Mysterio. Um, Mustafa Ali and AJ Styles. So, AJ Bryan, Styles. AJ, Orton, Joe, Ali, and Jeff Hardy. Those are the six. Okay, so talk about the match between Daniel Bryan, AJ, the new championship belt, and... Um, kind of like the, the the continued development of this new character because I I like it you know I like the promo he he did on 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 Tuesday and just him being like <laughs> like an asshole on the sideline uh on the table while everybody's fighting he's still cutting a promo then we get Hunter on on, on the TV screen saying he's gonna defend the belt at Chamber. The match of the Rumble just might have been the most boring AJ Styles match I've seen since he joined WWE. Um, they've had good matches together. The TLC match I thought was one of the best pay-per-view matches of 2018. Go back and watch that match. That was a tremendous outing. Unfortunately, the timing of this match sucked because it followed. It had to follow the hot women's Rumble finish with Becky Lynch winning. So it had to follow that. Two, we've seen the match before. This is like their third or fourth match against each other in recent months. So there was that as well. Three, it went way too long. And four, the finish was terrible. Eric Rowan getting involved was so stupid. And I know why they did it, but the fact that all it took was one choke slam from Eric Rowan on the outside to put AJ away was completely ridiculous. Um, that being said, I like the idea of Rowan joining Brian as like his new heavy or whatever the term might be. And now we're getting that six man elimination chamber at the next pay-per-view that looks amazing on paper has a lot of talent in there. I assume Brian's going over. Um, there are some other options in there if they want to give the belt to Joe or back to AJ or put it on Orton. There's a few different routes they can take here, but they just gave Brian his new hemp WWE title belt. I don't think they're taking that championship from him. Anytime soon. Got to let him run as the um, environmentalist WWE champion for a little longer. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a good segment. Set up the Elimination Chamber main event, which on paper looks to be one of the best installments of the Elimination Chamber we've ever seen. So, if Daniel Bryan goes over at Chamber, who does he fight at WrestleMania for the belt? Who is it? Who, who's... Likely to be in position. I, I know we're not getting AJ Daniel Bryan again. Um, we're not getting Mustafa Ali. I doubt we'll get Samoa Joe. I doubt we'll get him and Randy Orton. Um, 
And I don't see him and Jeff Hardy having one-on-one. So who else on the SmackDown side, who else in general is going to challenge Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania? Would it be John Cena? Because he was not in the Rumble with a quote-unquote injury, which is bullshit. Um, So is John Cena in line to win Championship 17 at at WrestleMania? Or now with with Rowan being involved, is there some sort of connection with the Wyatts, with with the Harpers, with Bray Wyatt? Does Bray Wyatt come back to SmackDown and challenge Daniel Bryan? Uh, Help me out, uh, Grant. Who does Daniel Bryan get at WrestleMania 35? I'm guessing John Cena. I've been under the belief that Cena would be next in line for the championship match at WrestleMania. Um, he kind of eliminated every other possibility there. Like him and Ray Ray, him and Jeff Hardy, him and Samoa Joe would all be great matches. I don't think the WrestleMania worthy. Nakamura would be cool, but he's been so heavily damaged lately. That would make no sense. I mean, he just lost the fucking R-Truth of all people. I don't think he's going for the WWE title at WrestleMania. Um, if Brian retains, which I think he will. I don't know how you get to Brian and Cena at WrestleMania, but it makes sense. They have unfinished business from a few years ago, like six years ago at this point, from SummerSlam 2013. They had a great match on that show. Maybe Cena's chasing number 17. The story writes itself. Cena has done, you know, enough, uh, I don't know, with honors, I guess would be the word. I don't know. But the guy's played second fiddle at WrestleMania for years. Now he deserves one last real marquee match at WrestleMania that he can win. Daniel Bryan would lose nothing in defeat by losing to John Cena. So again, we haven't seen Cena since before the Rumble, so I don't know how you get to that point. I think Cena and McIntyre might be more likely because they're blaming McIntyre for um, for Cena getting injured a few weeks ago. So that might be what they end up doing at WrestleMania. I've heard people say, oh, Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt, which would make absolutely no sense. Bray Wyatt's supposed to be on Raw. We haven't seen him since fucking August when he lost to the B team. Him resurfacing as an opponent for Daniel Bryan for the WWE title would make absolutely no sense. So that's not happening. Um, I think out of anybody, it would be John Cena. Again, I don't know how you arrive at that point, but they do have another pay-per-view after Elimination Chamber if they want to set up the match there. So we'll see. Um, But I think Bryan and Cena would be a WrestleMania-worthy match and be the best possible story to tell of Cena chasing number 17, which is only inevitable anyway. Why Why do you always got to shit on Bray Wyatt, Graham? <laughs> hey, you know what? I love Bray Wyatt, but the guy's a loser, even though we haven't seen him since August. Hey, I, I got to throw in some uh, Bray Wyatt digs every now and again. Uh, Kurt Hawkins is a loser. Bray Wyatt, because you, you say uh, it, it'll make no sense. I think now if you put Rowan in the mix, uh, I mean... I'm tr- I'm really trying to figure out how the Rowan makes sense and does Luke Harper come back or how does he get involved? Bray Wyatt, I think that this all has to come back to when Daniel Bryan was with the Wyatt family for that short time and like what five years ago. I mean, if it ain't that, then it's got to be John Cena. But I'm trying to figure out a different alternative aside from John Cena winning Chip num- number seventeen. But I think the Bray Wyatt thing could could make sense if they. If they know if they know how to book it right, yeah, I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, I guess they could go in that direction with Bray Wyatt as a babyface and Brian as a heel. But like I said, not to say that it doesn't make sense from like a brand standpoint because they've had people switch shows before overnight for no real reason. But the last time we saw Bray Wyatt, he was on Raw. It was August, and he lost to the fucking B team. 
So again, Bray Wyatt has not won a WrestleMania match. Let's put this out there. Bray Wyatt has not won a WrestleMania ever. The guy is 0-3 since arriving on the main roster five and a half years ago. He lost to John Cena five years ago. He lost to The Undertaker the following year. Got called the Eater of Hot Pockets the year after that by The Rock. Lost to Randy Orton two years ago. And wasn't even in the card last year. He helped Matt Hardy win the honor of the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So the fact that Bray Wyatt has not been seen since August, to me, screams they have no plans for him. It's not like they're waiting until the perfect time to bring him back. Maybe they are. But in that case, why isn't he back already? The guy's been off TV since August. Unless he's seriously hurt, which I have not heard is the case, I cannot imagine why he would be off TV for half a year. Only to be brought back to face Daniel Bryan. I think that's purely fantasy booking. The only real reason Rowan is in that spot is because they had nothing else for him to do because Luke Harper's out hurt right now. So, okay, it's time to bring back Eric Rowan. What do we do? Okay, let's plug him with Daniel Bryan. That's probably what happened there. And when Harper comes back, either you do something with him on his own, which they've tried before and it failed, so probably not. I think that would be the best direction to go in, but they've done it before. They have no interest in pushing Harper on his own, so that likely won't happen. They can just put him with Daniel Bryan. Why not? And I guess it would make sense for Daniel Bryan to then feud with Bray Wyatt. But as a WWE Championship feud, I just could not give two shits about Bray Wyatt. People don't even remember that the guy has been gone for so long. That's how bad it's been. I mean, I see some people saying, "Oh, where's Bray Wyatt?" By and large, dude, I have not been seen. I have not seen. Pe- I have not seen people say, "Where is Bray Wyatt?" I can't wait for him to come back. It's gotten to the point where people just don't care. The guy got so badly booked for so long there. House of Horrors, you know, the failed Wyatt family reunions, the Randy Orton feud that was terrible. Uh, the Matt Hardy stuff I thought was good for as long as it lasted, but we haven't seen him since then. The guy's an absolute joke. So to build him up as a WWE title contender at this point, he's a lost cause. It's just the guy could never win when it mattered most. He had the WWE Championship for a cup of coffee. He had the SmackDown Tag Team titles for a cup of coffee. The guy's a loser. He can't win when it matters most. So to build him back up as a WWE Championship contender, in my opinion, would be just an absolute waste. Otherwise, he would have been back on TV by now. So I'm not really buying into Bray Wyatt being the next in line to face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. I think Cena is a much better option. It would make for a much better match. And I think it would make more sense. So we'll see where the whole Harper, Rowan, Bryan thing goes, but I think all roads lead to Daniel Bryan and John Cena at WrestleMania. No, I have no sources, but Bray Wyatt, you know, Daniel Bryan winning a chamber, and then Bray Wyatt comes out. Again, it's all fantasy booking. I think I'm the only one on earth is <laughs> still supporting Bray Wyatt to be something and somebody in pro wrestling. Um, if he if he can come out at at, at the chamber when, when when the whole shit is over, and set up a WrestleMania thing with him, um, with with Daniel Bryan, if Daniel Bryan is more with Rowan and let's say Harper comes back or just just with with Eric Rowan, get him involved because I didn't even notice it's been that long since he's been off TV and you know you say August and he's a loser. Well, the fucking guy that everybody loved with Matt Hardy, he lost too. He he he's a loser too. Everybody wanted delete, 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 and they were fucking tag teams. So both of them lost to the fucking B team. So your man Matt Hardy, Mr. Delete, is a loser too. 
That is true, but no one's saying Matt Hardy should be going for the uh, WWE Championship. He's old. That's why he's old. <laughs> yeah, but with Matt Hardy, with Matt Hardy at least, yeah, the guy's a loser too because the guy was losing to the B team. But never, no one ever thought Matt Hardy would be WWE Champion when he came back. The guy's like forty-five years old. Bray Wyatt should be World Champion. The guy should be a main event player right now, a multi-time World Champion. They have so fucking ruined this guy time and time again. It's ridiculous. Bray Wyatt, there is just. There's there's no hope for it. At least Matt Hardy can reinvent himself with a new character. Bray Wyatt's been the same guy since 2012. I have completely lost all faith in them ever doing something of note with Bray Wyatt. Come on, Graham. Got to have some faith in my guy, Mr. Rotunda, Bray Wyatt. Come on, man. What if Wyatt I mean, leaves and goes to AEW, Randy? Will you support him over there? I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I'm a Bray Wyatt fan. I just... Um, like you said, man, I, I think, you know, he's not the only one that when it comes to the storyline and the character that, that they really fucked up. And, you know, it could be Dean Ambrose, it could be Drew McIntyre now, it could be Dolph Ziggler, it could be a whole bunch of people that are very good and talented. Uh, they just don't know what to, what to do with him. I mean, if you got him off the, off the shelf, I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, he's not hurt, is he? Or did he get hurt? And then that's why he's out. <laughs> You know, he might be. I saw a picture that he posted on, I think, Twitter or Instagram the other day. He had said, um, not not something he said, but he was wearing like some sort of brace on his leg. So mm. he, he might be hurt. I don't know. I, but the thing is, I feel like if he was hurt, someone would have said something, which may be even worse that he's hurt and no one has said anything about him being hurt because they just don't care about him anymore. And no one pays attention to Bray Wyatt. But someone has got to be like, I have not seen the Melzer talks about everybody. In terms of why they're out, when they're coming back. Dude, Dean Ambrose, when he was out, people were asking every week, oh, when is Dean Ambrose coming back? No one gives two shits about Bray Wyatt to the point where, like, no one's asking about him. No one's talking about him. Except me. I know absence makes the heart grow fonder. But if people don't even remember you're, you've been out hurt for so long, how missed are you really? Like, I love Bray Wyatt. Don't get me wrong. But the guy who's been, again, he's been ruined to the point where people haven't even realized that he's been gone for so long. That's pretty bad. Um, so again, he might be hurt, but I feel like if he was, we would have found out by now. So my, my instinct is that he isn't hurt. They just have nothing for him. I mean, come on, Graham. If you're watching the chamber and the, the match is over and he, Daniel Bryan is celebrating and all of a sudden the lights go out and the, the, the lighters in the crowd start going up and the, 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 the music hits or Bray appears in the fucking ring, you at home won't be like, oh, that, that's, that, that's kind of crazy or you, You'll be at home say, nobody gives a shit about Bray Wyatt. Uh, I mean, it could get a mixed reaction. I think people will be like, oh, really? look, he's still a employed. Mixed reaction. Wow. It would really? get a good reaction, but I don't think people would be like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Just because I think, I think they would, Graham. I think they would. The, the crowd will get that little pop and, oh, shit, Bray Wyatt's back. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, he's not. He's he's not a bum. You know what I'm saying he's not Kurt Hawkins coming to the ring. Oh, I'm gonna challenge you. That's that's no reaction, no pop. I think Bray Wyatt does that. He'll he'll get a pop. He'll he'll get a big reaction on. Okay, on so yeah, okay, so he'd get a reaction just because people haven't seen him in so long and they probably forgot he's been gone for so long. But then where do you go from there? I mean, like, of course the feud might be the good, promos. but been there done that. We've seen Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan before. And quite honestly. I'm not even going to say the match is going to be bad because Daniel Bryan, I'm sorry, Randy, gave Bray Wyatt his only above-average match in WWE. 
Randy, uh, what was his name? Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt had a pretty good Hell in the Cell match a few years ago. Other than that, I could not name you one memorable, at least for the right reasons, one memorable Bray Wyatt match in the last five years he's been with the company. The Royal that's, Rumble, when he fought Daniel Bryan. That's what Royal I'm saying. Rumble. I said Daniel Bryan gave him his only good match. Beyond that match, what other good matches has the guy had in the company, aside from with maybe aside from Roman Reigns? I mean, I would have to. It don't matter. Come on, it's, now it's about characters, about developments. Nobody gives a shit about what what match he fought five years ago. It's about what's happening now, and I think him coming. Would, did, yeah. did they care about characters, Randy? When we saw a fucking snake in the middle of the ring when he faced Randy Orton at WrestleMania two years ago, were people praising that shit? See, see, I'm not in charge of that. I'm not in charge of the feet. <laughs> yeah, okay. Listen, I was not a fan of that either. I was like, what the hell is that going on? That that's totally out of my 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 my, my pay rate. But I don't I don't deal with that. I think it's, I, I, Graham. Just imagine the promos. You'll get with this eco-friendly Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt. That'll be better than what, what Brock and Seth is giving you, right? No, I think Brock and Seth would be better oh, just because it makes more God. sense from a long-term booking standpoint. Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan is just so random. It's so random. So what? So what? It's so random. It comes out of nowhere, dude. It really is just like, okay, we're the, what? this is just like a last desperate attempt because we had no one else on on SmackDown to face Daniel Bryan. But you want Daniel Bryan and John Cena, right? But Cena can chase number 17. Uh, yeah, but Bray Wyatt could talk all that eco-friendly shit, too. <laughs> I guess, but again, at least Cena's still a big name no matter how they use him. Daniel Bray Wyatt is a name, but the guy, we just, we've, we've been conditioned to know that the guy is going to lose whenever it matters most. I cannot, with any... Um, any just any power within me. Imagine Bray Wyatt walking out of WrestleMania as the WWE champion. I just I can't I can't imagine. Bro, that. I mean I could be I could be so wrong, but when you give Daniel Bryan Eric Rowan, I mean the 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 the, the thoughts in my head go up like hmm like why out of nowhere he comes in he comes into the fray to help Daniel Bryan. They both got long beards. They talk all this eco shit. Rowan was with Harper before the injury uh, months ago. They were part of the Wyatt family. Daniel Bryan was part of the Wyatt family five years ago. I mean, again, I'm not the writer, but if you could tie all that in together and create a story, then sure, I don't mind, but... Okay, then if not, you're going to have him and John Cena and the whole championship chase. And that's 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 going to be the main story. That John Cena chasing championship 17 is going to be the main story, which is cool. But I think if, if John Cena is unavailable for WrestleMania, I mean, who else out there? If it's not Bray Wyatt, it's not John Cena, does, does Kevin Owens come back? I'm hearing Kevin KO might be after WrestleMania. I mean, who, who else do you got? Well, like I said, they could build up someone on the SmackDown side. It would take more than a few weeks, so like Joe, they would have to turn and face or something like that. No. Nakamura, they would have to turn and face and really build him up no. quick. Mustafa Ali, they could. No, I don't think they would because that's not like Mustafa Ali is just getting started on SmackDown. But if they really wanted to do it, because him and Brian still have unfinished business from a few weeks ago, they never finished up that feud. You know, Ali still owns a win over Brian. One or in uh, in that tag team match. 
they could do that too. They could have Ali to pull out an upset of the chamber and win the championship. I doubt it, but they, they could do something with Brian and, and Ali if they wanted to. Um, again, Rey Mysterio, that, that's, you know, the guy, you know, he's going to no. lose Jeff Hardy too. Um, Randy Orton doesn't make much sense. AJ, we know is not getting the belt back from Brian. No. If they're going to do that feud again, that's not happening. So, I don't know. I really, I really, I, I don't know. But again, we had a WWE title match <clears throat> a couple of years ago, I think, at the Rumble between John Cena and AJ. And right. at WrestleMania, neither guy was competing for the championship. So what what's happening now with Brian and whoever's going for the belt of chamber may amount to nothing. None of this may even matter. It may come WrestleMania time. It could end up being just fucking. AJ and Orton for the WWE title. AJ could win the belt at Chamber, and then Brian can fade off back into irrelevancy facing God knows who at WrestleMania. Like, who knows? We, we don't know. We have no clue. Um, so we'll see what the plan is, but I'm really surprised that there have been no reports, no rumors as to who Brian's opponent might be. This is the least certain card in WrestleMania history. I'm telling you. Ronda and, Ronda and Becky's been set in stone for months, but even Rollins and Brock wasn't really... Like, yeah, it was likely, but it was never as set in stone as uh, Brock and Roman was last year. Mm -hmm. The rest of the card is completely up in the air for the first time in years, and I kind of like it. I like the fact that we know nothing about WrestleMania. It's also possible that the, the company themselves know nothing about WrestleMania, and they're booking everything on the fly and as they go along. But I like the fact that everything is not televised or telegraphed months in advance. Like, last year's card, I could tell you probably half the card six months early just because i mean it's not that you know th doing things that make sense is great and all roman and brock they just did it because they wanted to fucking do roman and brock because you know they were dead set on doing that match even though no one wanted to see it so i'm hoping they do matches this year that people want to see that make sense and that aren't entirely random but i like the fact that the entire card is not spoiled a year ahead of time and even the Hall of Fame class, usually we know six weeks ahead of time mm -hmm. or six months ahead of time. We know the entire Hall of Fame class. I don't know a single person for a fact that is going in this year, and that's pretty impressive. So we'll see how the WrestleMania card shakes out. But I like so far that we don't really know anything, and we're going to have to just wait and see what they do come Elimination Chamber on Fastlane. Well, I can't wait for Triple H to be at a, on the WrestleMania card and have the longest match on the card. Oh, as always, facing always. Batista in a 30-minute classic. Uh, real quick, you mentioned Batista. I know I, I, I've been, you know, not, not been hearing, but maybe a few months ago that he might be coming back. He might not. It's up in the air. I think they were kind of teasing him and Hunter when that SmackDown uh, 100 or 1,000th episode, whatever it was, and, you know, Hunter got hurt um, at the Saudi Arabia event. Um I mean, I'm I'm really trying to find a, an opponent for Daniel Bryan if it's not the main, you know, the 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 usual suspects. Batista maybe against Daniel Bryan could be something different and cool if that was ever to to be uh, hashed out. But um, I think it remains to be seen uh, with this WrestleMania card. Uh, right now, it's, it's only Becky and Ronda, um, Brock and Rollins. That's all we got right now. I know you will, will have the Andre the Giant. Uh, Battle Royal. They should really bring back the money to bank to to WrestleMania, but you know who am I? Um, but that's all we got, Graham. I know we got Chamber coming up. I think Fast Lane is after that. So lots of, lot of pay per views to really, 
Gear of Four. Is there anything that I'm missing from Royal Rumbles, Raw, SmackDown? Oh, yeah, we do have a new U.S. champion. Our truth defeated <laughs> Nakamura. Oh, God, yeah, who gives a shit? Uh, well, I mean, is that more telling? I talk about a guy who, you know, I complain about, I complain about Bray Wyatt. I mean, what they're doing, what are they doing with uh, Nakamura? Just like he, he from from the Rumble winner last year to a championship match at WrestleMania last year to to what now is really and then you know if you're on Twitter he <laughs> Nakamura uh, tweets out WCW and it's like oh shit like what is that and then everybody's oh what does that mean is he leaving for the for the competition you know where the big boys play. So Nakamura typing that WCW stuff had people kind of kind of shaking their heads, you know. Yeah, I think Rusev tweeted the same thing when after he lost the championship on Sunday. So I think that's why he did that. But Nakamura, I can very well see leaving. Not gonna lie to you, I could definitely see him leaving when his contract comes due in a couple months because the guy just he hasn't panned out. He is successful. I mean, he's a foreign United States champion. He won the Rumble. So it's not like they fucking buried him and threw him out there with chopsticks and called him, you know, um, Kenzo Suzuki's, you know, long-lost cousin or something dumb like that. So he's had success, but he's not the big star that I think they were hoping for. And maybe part of that falls in Nakamura just because he hasn't put the effort in in the ring or whatever the same way that he did in NXT. But obviously part of that falls on creative for having him lose to Jinder fucking Mahal on back-to-back pay-per-views a couple of years ago. And then everything else they did with him. Having him lose to AJ Styles like five shows in a row did not help his um, stock any. So that was a problem too. But um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Nakamura. I could very well see him leaving, going back to a- uh, not AEW, but Japan come the spring. So we'll see. Yeah, very interesting. Um, Again, Anything else I'm missing from the Rumble, TakeOver, Raw, SmackDown that you want to bring up? No, I don't think so. I think we got everything covered. Uh, I know I mentioned Seth winning the Rumble, but uh, any takeaways from the actual men's Royal Rumble and how it panned out between uh, the final two was between Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman? Anything from that Rumble you liked or did not like? Uh, the final two was good. I thought the finish obviously was the right one. Rollins winning was the right call. was the only call, really. I mean, they could have done with a few other people like Drew McIntyre, but Rollins was the best-case scenario. The rest of the match, quite honestly, I didn't love. I didn't think it was a bad rumble, but it was not a great rumble either. Maybe I'm biased because I was there last year. I thought last year's rumble was infinitely better. Yeah, this one still had some surprises. We had Jeff Jarrett in there, which I thought was cool for the opening, him and Elias. The NXT people, Pete Dunn, Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, I thought that was really cool. Um, the rest of the match didn't do a ton for me, to be honest with you. Fucking Kurt Hawkins in there. No Way Jose. Titus O'Neil. Shelton Benjamin. Forgot he was even in the company still. <laughs> like, it's just a waste of a spot, dude. It's a waste of a spot. You could have had Bray Wyatt in there, and they wasted it on fucking No Way Jose. Jinder Mahal was in there for 30 seconds. So that's like a third or a, like a, you know, a, a quarter of the match that was wasted. By spots that didn't need to be wasted um, just by losers. So I thought that was kind of disappointing. Not a lot of great stories told. It wasn't a bad rumble. Again, I've seen worse rumbles, but it reminded me a lot of like the 2017 rumble, which was not nearly as bad as the 2014 or 2015 rumbles, but it didn't leave me like, oh, that was great. Like the same way that the 2016 and 2018 ones did. But it was good overall with the right finish at least. Did you like the Ronda-Sasha match? 
I did. I thought it was a very good match. Uh, Ronda, uh, Ronda just continues to deliver every single time they put her out there with whoever it is, whether it's Sasha, Bailey, even. I mean, early on the match sucked, but they rebounded nicely Monday on Raw. Um, Bailey, Sasha, even Nia Jax. Ronda's had good matches after good matches with whoever she's up against. Um, the Sasha match was by no means perfect. Had a few sloppy spots here and there, but overall a great match. Love the intensity. Love the sense of urgency. And the outcome is what it needed to be, and Sasha looked really good at the feet. So, yeah, I thought the match was real good. I liked how SmackDown ended. You know, they had the brawl, and you know, they, I think um, Brian was on the table. They had the brawl, then they had to cut away as if they're still fighting, like an old-school WCW kind of thing with Tony Schiavone. And um, a, a Raw, what else? Raw, Raw, Raw was really not. I mean, again, Rollins got F5 of Brock. Um, Finn and Bobby Lashley maybe going forward. Elias is, is, is Elias a heel now attacking the Road Dog and uh, Jeff Jarrett? What's going on? You think Elias is a heel now? Again? Yeah, he's a heel again. For what reason? I have no fucking clue aside from maybe because Dean Ambrose is leaving, so they want to fill in that spot with another heel. But the guy was organically over the face, so why they would turn him back heel, I have no idea. Mm hmm. I mean, I think I think that's it. Uh, we covered NXT, the Rumble, Raw, SmackDown. We got Chamber coming up. Uh, people leaving, maybe you know, possibly leaving. Have already left. Dean Ambrose, Atami, uh, Ronda Rousey taking time off at the WrestleMania. We'll see how that goes. But um, you can follow Graham on Twitter at WrestleRant. Great work for Bleacher Report, all that good stuff. The host of the WrestleRant Radio Show, Graham. Always appreciated, my guy. Of course, Randy, thanks as always for the time, and I'll talk to you next week, brother. All right, man, take it easy. All right, adios. All right.